Are you enjoying a little bit of everything with me? Then buy me a coffee. Yes, you heard right. Buy me a coffee. All the coffee you buy me will go towards new equipment, a backdrop for my YouTube channel, and continue to keep the podcast ad-free. And obviously to keep going with weekly episodes. So buy me a coffee at chaos fi.com slash everything with Ange. Once again, it's ko-fi.com slash everything with Ange. And that link will be in the show notes for you. And thank you for buying me a coffee and supporting the podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in on a little bit of everything with me. And I am your host, Angelica. This is a podcast that talks about a little bit of everything. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. Today, my guest is the host of two podcasts. The first one is Top Rated MMA, and the second one is Bearded Biz Show. Welcome, Eric, to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much, Angela, for uh, having me on the show. It's, uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for you know requesting to be on the show because I love having other podcasters and getting to know what they are passionate about and what they're doing. So before we even get started, what state do you live? Because I'm always curious. I live in Idaho and uh, a, a city called Coeur d'Alene, mm-hmm. uh, which is about 100 miles from Canada. So if you're looking at the map, uh, oh. I'm up north there. So yeah. Okay. So we could potentially be neighbors somehow, depending yes. what province you're connected to. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm closer to BC, uh, but uh, Canada wise, but uh, I think you're on the other side, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So okay. I'm closest to New York, Michigan. Uh, okay. Yeah. Michigan is the state, right? Or is it the city? Michigan is a state. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to all my American is- listeners. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I did not memorize the map. <laughs> right. Uh, but no, that's cool. So, you're, have you ever been to BC? Uh, just as a kid, uh, oh. been up to Vancouver area a couple times, but mm. uh, uh, never as an adult to really tour the city much. So, uh, definitely on my bucket list to get back up there. Well, don't worry about it because I've never been either and I'm still trying to explore the rest of Canada for some reason. I only go to New York and um, Florida. That's it. New York and Florida, New York and Florida. But I've done a lot of layovers through the whole entire country. Okay. I don't know if that counts. I only, right. I love seeing airports. I guess it's the architectural in me. Um. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Salt Lake City six times, only to the airport. Never made it out of the airport, you know. <laughs> Yeah, because it's so funny because everyone's like, so do you travel often to the States? And I'm like, uh, do layovers count? Because I've right. been to Atlanta, I've been to Detroit, I've been to Pennsylvania, um, I've been to uh, Texas, I've been to a lot of places. Does that count? Right, Everyone's right. kind of like, mm, I don't think so. I'm like, all right, right. then. Well, no. <laughs> Tell me about yourself before we even get into your podcast. 
Yeah, you know, I uh, grew up in this house that I thought was, uh, you know, was I thought was pretty typical. I, you know, went to Sunday church uh, with my family, uh, played Little League as a kid. Uh, when I was 11 years old, my parents got divorced. And um, turns out my dad was an alcoholic. He wasn't abusive or anything like that. He was just really quiet. And mm -hmm. I never saw him be, you know, angry or anything like that as a kid. He, it, to me, he was, a, he was a great dad. And, um, but uh, yeah, he they got a divorce. My mom got together with a boyfriend right afterwards uh, that was also an alcoholic, uh, but he was very physically abusive. So I watched my mom get beat up quite a bit as a kid, oh, um, many, many times uh, between 11 and 13 years old, uh, more than both hands, you know, combined. And my mom never pressed charges. So it was always hard for me to understand that. Why didn't she ever stop it or try to stop that, you know? And uh, when I was 12 years old, my mom and her boyfriend decided to move my myself and my sister. And then they had a, a, a son together who's 13 years younger than me uh, to the state of Montana. So we moved up there out in the, the mountains, very far away from any major city, uh, we, Stevensville, uh, Montana to be exact and uh, probably 30 minutes away from really any big city, you know, and the abuse didn't stop when we got there. So it was kind of interesting because we moved to this house up there, they rented, and it was a three bedroom house. So my mom and her boyfriend had a room, my little brother had a room, and my sister had a room. Well, they had one half of the garage had a fireplace, so they stuck up a plastic tarp, and they put a bed on that side, and they said, Eric, that's your bed. And so I lived in the garage during the winter of Montana for two years, you know, and would stoke the fire. And then once it went out, I would have like 10 layers of blankets on to try to stay warm. And so it was just this interesting life living up there. And I remember being 13 years old and it was about midnight. And my little brother was asleep. My sister was at a friend's house. I was brushing my teeth and they came home arguing. I really didn't think anything of it, but something in my heart was like, dude, you got to turn around. You got to look at this. And so the way the house was set up was if I was in the bathroom and I looked out towards my right and turned around, it went to the dining room, to the kitchen, uh, to the pantry and then to the garage where my room was at. And so as I looked down the hallway, right in front of the garage door, my mom's boyfriend was on top of my mom, literally punching her over and over oh, in the face. Boom, boom. God. And I had to think, how do I get this guy off my mom? And the first thing that came to my mind was, was grab a pan. And so I had grabbed one of those huge cast iron, heavy duty pans oh, wow. and went up to him and I swung as hard as I could to the back of the head and I split his head open. <gasps> and, um, it didn't knock him out. He actually turned around and he was mid-sentence, <gasps> like, what the F? And I swung again oh and I split his forehead open. Oh my God. And as I did that second swing, I'd fallen over and he was so drunk. It still, again, didn't knock him out. It wobbled him, wobbled him pretty good. But he stood up and he started yelling at me. And I remember my mom coming out of nowhere and landing like six punches in a row on his face when he's trying to yell at me and there's blood on the wall and the cops had to come and, and took him away for the night. Of course, my mom again, never pressed charges. So he was back the next day. But um, it was at that point that I really decided that I was going to move back to Washington to go with my dad. And I thought it was going to be a whole new ball game. You know, I was going back to high school as a sophomore mm -hmm. uh, and my dad rented this house for us and he uh, would put 20 bucks in a cup. That was my lunch money for the week. He'd stuff the freezer with hungry man meals and cereal and milk. And then he'd go stay with his, girlfriend. So there'd be times where I wouldn't see my dad for months at a time because he would just fill up the room or the kitchen with food and put that 20 bucks in the cup. And I would just basically raise my own from 14 years old. And I became an addict to drugs and LSD and mushrooms and anything I could get my hands on and became this partier. And that was the party house. And yeah, just a, just a crazy, crazy life. Uh, even moving to Seattle, getting into the music business and um, working for Universal Records for a year. And, and so I had this long string of just 
access to alcohol and drugs and things like that. So it was a pretty crazy life that I had. Wow. I just got to say thank you, first of all, for sharing that because it's never easy for someone to really open up and share their personal experiences, especially that in that form. It, it's it's crazy. And I'm glad it's you're in a better place because that's what I see and what I hear. Yeah. Um, and I, can, I, I cannot even imagine. And it's, it's that moment when you picked up that skill, that pan, that cast iron. Yeah. I, that was like your moment to kind of like, you know what? Screw this. Yeah. This is my chance to help save my mom. Yeah. Yeah. There was many a times where I felt like I could have like, you know, shoved him off a cliff or broke his leg, you know, with something. Yeah. And, and I never did that. And I think it just took me seeing that again for the, you know, countless time um, that I just something in me was like, dude, you got to take care of it right now. And so I remember that very vividly. Uh, it was a very, very crazy moment. And, and I, like I said, I left shortly after that. Now, have you had like traumatic experiences through that incident or through your past? Like, I know sometimes we can talk about it because, you know, it's either we recovered or healed from those experiences. But as you were growing up, did you ever felt like you would wake up or if you're um, I don't know, reflecting or outside or waiting at the bus or at work. Did you ever have those memories come back to you? Yeah. Memories came back to me all the time, you know, nothing where I wanted to like take action on it. Like, but I would, I would definitely have these moments of being angry. And I remember even being like 21 or 22 years old. And I went mm -hmm. back to see my mom for, for Christmas one time mm -hmm. and he showed up. And I remember I was, I, I, wanted so badly to just like take him out right there, oh, you know, and, and seeing him again really for the first time since I had hit him. And, um, but, uh, I soaked myself in all the beer that I was drinking that night and mm -hmm. just chilled out in the corner. But, uh, there was definitely a moment where I was like, dude, I don't want to see this guy. Why is he here? And I should just knock him out right now. And I, and I didn't, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, like I said, soaked myself in the alcohol for the night. And is it okay to ask you, are they still together? They're not. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, I think they, uh, broke up a couple years later and my brother who, like I said, he's 13 years younger than me. I'm 40 now. So, you know, we all kind of have our own lives, but, uh, uh, my mom is, uh, with somebody else and it, yeah. So she, uh, I think is doing better. You know, she, she works for an airline and she gets to fly around for a living. And so I think she's away from that as much as, uh, as far as I know. Mm hmm. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, I'm glad to hear that because it yeah. really takes a lot for anybody, anybody. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, but it takes a lot for somebody to kind of pick up and leave because it's, you're in fear in that situation. You don't know what's going to happen. You're not going to know because we see this a lot in movies. It's yeah. either you, you are going to make it out alive or you're going to be dead. And it's just yeah. like, it's that constant fear. And I'm glad you know, you were able to pick up and leave and kind of say, you know what, if nothing's going to happen and I've tried to help, yeah, I might as well worry about myself. Unfortunately, that's what it has to come down to. Yeah. And for her, it's like she moved out of that situation after so many years. And that's, uh, that's a, cr have you ever thought of even writing a book about this? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I, I've kind of had the idea of tossing a book around. I actually never released that story until October of 2019. I, wow. I rarely told that to anybody. Um, I just was sitting around one morning and I was listening to a guy who was a speaker and, 
and he said, you got to open up and be, you know, share your story with the world and something that just clicked. And I said, all right, I'll just throw it out there and see what happens. And uh, it's been really, really fun to just see just people, their kind words and, and be able to watch that video and then say, man, I went through that same situation. Thank you for sharing your story. So it's been cool that I can at least help one person from sharing that story. Yeah, because it's, it's, I, I, I'm like shocked. I'm even lost for words. I'm trying to gather my words here because it is tough, but also you could be potentially helping so much more people. Like this could be even a movie if you really think about it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, right. Cause yeah, we see yeah. it a lot. And the fact that it's a personal story, you can really, you know, express what you were feeling, what you see through, you know, from your mom's perspective and then, you know, the person that she was with. And it's, it's kind of like, wow, that's crazy. And for yourself at that young age, dealing with that, yeah. it's a lot. I think it helped or not helped. I think it assisted in me wanting to go. And, and like I said, take a lot of acid and, and mushrooms and, and, and smoke pot in high school. And, you know, I was arrested when I was 18 years old for having a bong. And of course now it's legal, but at the time it was not. And I had to yeah. go spend 24 hours in jail and, I mean, I had the black and white chain gang outfit on, everything, bright orange slippers. Mm. I weighed 140 pounds and had to go stay the night in a jail and, you know, scared as could be. And, um, you know, at 21, I followed bankruptcy, you know, just $28,000 in debt, just totally, it, it, my life was just a complete mess. And uh, it, proud to say that I'm not there anymore, but it was, a, it was a mess there for a long time. Now, when was that moment you felt like, was it a sign? Was it hearing it from somebody else? Was there, because a lot of people have these moments when they're going through a lot, it's like it hits them mm -hmm. in different ways. And I'm curious to know, what was that for you, that moment where you had to say, I need to change. I got to get out of this effing situation. Yeah. I need to get out. What was that moment? What made you change? <sighs> You know, it's interesting story. I worked at Starbucks at night as a night manager and I was working for Universal Records during the day. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to concerts, sometimes two, three concerts a week. So there's a two year span where I probably went to about 150 concerts Wow! and, and I had open tab and, and backstage time and, and just lots of craziness. And one night I was working at Starbucks and this girl came in who does not drink coffee. And she said, Hey, I go to this church down the way and we're having this awesome college night, just kind of a hangout. And Wanted to see if you wanted to go and, and go hang out. Well, I was this depressed guy who would go back to my ghetto apartment, drink beer till I passed out and then go back to work the next day. I had no friends really. And so I said, yeah, sure, I'll go. And so I went and I ended up connecting with a lot of people that I knew from my childhood, which is just really weird. Like, why are they here? And just the strange connections. And I had a really good time. And so a couple months later, um, I was managing a band that I'd been managing for a while, but we went to, it was the night before Easter. And we went out and we had a show and we just partied up. And I literally woke up in the basement of my buddy's house, surrounded by about 15 people. And I looked around, I was the only one awake. And I said, I felt God literally in that moment say, dude, you're done. And in that second, I gave my life to Christ. I quit everything, drugs, drinking cigarettes, cold turkey, boom, just like that. I called that girl up who had invited me to that church event, got her voicemail on Easter morning. I said, hey, just want to say, I hope you have a good Easter. Hopefully I'll see you in the store sometime. Three months later, we're dating. A year later, we're married. And this year, we've been now married for 15 years. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a, 
uh, pretty cool. Uh, and I think it's a total God thing. My wife and I are actually yeah. born at the exact same minute, like diff different days, different years, but on our birth certificates, 1.41 PM for both of us. Oh my God. That is so cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, no, that is so cool. Um, oh my gosh. Well, you know what? I'm glad you were able to get that feeling of you got to change and get the effing out of this. And yeah. I'm, I'm really glad because it's really hard and you see it all the time in stories and movies and you hear it through documentaries or, you know, just people in general, you're just like, I hope you could, cause there's only so much when someone says, well, you got to change, you got to stop doing this. You got to, yeah. you can say whatever you want to somebody. Yep. But it all depends how that person's going to take that, how they're going to take that criticism, that feedback in order for them to change. And it all comes down to your mind and kind mm -hmm. of say, you know what, that person's right. Or that, you know, that, that verse of whatever is right. Like whatever it is, it takes a lot for us to admit that, yep. you know what, I, they're right. I got to change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, it was, really tough because I love my friends and I, and not that I had to stop being friends with them, but I really had to say and be honest with them. Like for myself, I have to take a break from hanging out with you guys. I have to take a break from going to the bar and, and hanging out and I have to, I'm, I have to stop doing this for myself. And they all respected that and understood that I took, you know, some time off just to be myself and grow and my relationship with Christ and, and things like that. And then I'm still friends with those guys now today. And, mm -hmm. but it was a tough moment for me to say, I got to step away from this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. I'm really proud of you and thank, thank you, you for sharing this because it, it, it is a lot and it's heavy. Um, but you know, for other people who know or may know somebody who's going through the situation, I know it's difficult, but yeah, it's all mental. Like, you know, whatever you are doing, it all comes down to your mental state of mind for it to kind of click yeah. and whatever that sign that's given you, uh, you know, I'm I'm lost for words. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're doing better and thank you. Married with some, you got what ton of children now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, two kids, two kids. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, and that's it. We can only do the man-to-man -man coverage. We can't uh, go more than that. So yeah. <laughs> See, and that's amazing. And then you've been with your wife for you said 15 years, right? 15 years this year, which is actually more than both of our parents were, were married. So uh, both wow. of our parents have been married and divorced several times. And we just really, when, when we decided we were going to get married, we, we knew right then we were going to break the chain of divorce. We we're going to break that chain of abuse and raise our kids in a loving home that they would never have to worry about that divorce word coming up. And, you know, yeah, my wife and I, we get in arguments, but we know how to mend that and we know how to get through that. Not just like, hey, we're walking out, we're peacing out. We don't give up. We keep fighting. And we just know that we both came from crazy backgrounds. We both came from broken homes and we know that what we don't want our kids to see. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're here to leave a different legacy with our kids and our great grandkids at, you know, at some point down the road and, and break the chains of all of that. Yeah, for sure. And you definitely need to get this on a movie and a book or something <laughs> so you can keep helping people how what you've accomplished and what you've become is a great example to a lot of us. It doesn't matter if we're not in that same situation either. It's just me hearing that it's like you can break a cycle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then absolutely. you can move on and just bring more positive positivity to your life in different ways. Thank you. Yeah. 
Now you've got two shows, which I'm like, I'm, I'm trying with one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. So your first show, let's talk about top rated MMA. Yeah. We started, my wife and I started Top Rated May in 2012, just as an apparel company. Uh, we, oh. When we came out, we we literally were out around, this is when Tap Out was big. And so mm-hmm. my wife and I were sitting around and she says, how can you make your business different uh, than anyone else out there? And so we decided when we came out, we we're going to be the only company or one of the only companies out there that was 100% American made apparel company in the MMA industry. And I think there was maybe two of us in the industry when we launched. It took off way faster than we were prepared. Uh, we had people from the UFC call me and said, Hey, do you want to sponsor this guy? It costs $10,000. And you know, we're like, Oh my gosh, it costs 5,000 to start this company. I'm sorry. I can't do that. Right. And, um, so we just, we started in 2012, just selling apparel. That was my thing. I just wanted to go to MMA events and sell shirts. And over the years I've had excitement of really big years. And then I've had years where I was like, I actually put the business up for sale. I just didn't want to do it anymore. It wasn't exciting to me anymore, but I didn't sell it and I kept going. And then in 2016, I said, I need a change. And so I got a new logo. I got a new website and I said, I'm going to start this podcast. It took me about a year to kind of really figure out what I wanted to do. And then in 2017 is when I launched and I literally for the first hundred episodes launched a podcast from a walk-in closet because I had no space in the office, yeah. in the house. And I just wanted to talk to people and ask them, ask fighters, why do you want to get in a cage and get punched? Why, why, what makes you drive? What's the drive to go and do that? What motivates you to do that? And I've heard just amazing stories of fighters who were like, I'm a felon or I was an ex felon and I can't get a real job. So I have to put food on the table. So I'm fighting for food literally, or there's guys who grew up wrestling and they wanted to transition to MMA. And some guys are like, I just love to fight. And it's cool to hear such amazing stories and just a variety of different fighters. And so been blessed to be able to have that going right now. We just, I just released episode 162, I think comes out tomorrow. And we've been humbly considered the number one MMA podcast in the Northwest. We just won an award from fight book MMA for being the top listened to podcast for 2019. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just fun. And so I cover the local MMA events where I'm at and I talk to a lot of local fighters, but I talk to global fighters. My, my job or my goal is really to talk to a male and female fighter from every state in the U.S. and, and globally. So I've talked to fighters from the U.K. and Ireland and a lot from the U.S., obviously, and some from Canada. And so that's my goal. I just I love doing it. And I get up at 4 a.m. six days a week to work on my, my podcasts. Wow. Look at you. That's unbelievable. Oh my gosh. Okay. The one thing I want to know. So you almost sold your company, the apparel company. Yeah. Now what made you feel, was it because like, I know you said you mentioned that you were kind of like, you know what? I I don't want this anymore. I can't do it. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. But was there more to it that you had that feeling to sell it? And then also I want to know what made you kind of like, wait a second, why am I selling this? Yeah, it was an interesting time. I had uh, moved to Idaho and I was in this area where I wasn't being able to connect with fighters. And again, I when I first started this thing, it was just apparel. I wasn't selling anything. It was costing me more money yeah. to have my website up every year and then it was I was making shirts you know I just wasn't selling any product and so I do sell product now but my really it's more to support my show and it's not a big push for me for me it's just about doing the show but yeah I got to a point where I just wasn't excited about it and I said I wonder if I can sell this thing and I actually mm-hmm. threw it up for sale for like five grand mm-hmm. just to see 
and I was just sell, gonna sell the name and the the Twitter followers and all of that. And yeah. I had one guy call me and he's like, offer me twenty five hundred bucks or something like that. And I was like, sat there for a second. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. And then I just shut him down. And then I just kind of kept it a low key for the next couple of years. And then a couple of years later, that's when I that's when I reinvented top rated MMA. Wow, that's amazing. So you've got a pretty big Rolodex of people that you want to interview and what who you have interviewed i could imagine it's been fun yeah i love interviewing tons of fighters yep and okay so you're almost at 162 episodes and you've been number one in the northwest for a top rated podcast yeah it's been fun that's friggin' impressive wow that's amazing that's something like i'm dreaming of and it's <laughs> you're putting in the work you're putting in the work and what advice could you give someone who wants to get up there it's all about uh, really determination like i work a full-time job i'm blessed to work from home yeah uh, as my full-time job so I know that with kids and being married, it's tough to do what you want and what you're mm -hmm. passionate about. And I'm really passionate about my podcast. I'm really passionate about being a world changer. You know, my desire to be a world changer succeeds my desire for sleep. And so mm -hmm. I get up at 4 a.m. six days a week. And in those couple hours between four and seven, I am reaching out to people to book them for my show. I'm editing shows. I'm scheduling shows to go out. I'm scheduling posts, doing updates on my website. And then about 7.30, I turn over my work computer and I work till five. And that's every day during the week. And then on Saturdays, I still wake up at 6 a.m. and make that happen. Actually, Saturdays are my most productive days because my kids and my wife don't usually wake up until about 8, 8.30. And so mm -hmm. I've got a good four and a half hour window of just solid work. Wow, yeah, yeah. I, I know that it's, I see the thing is I start work earlier and I finish. So I'm up at five 30 okay. and then I start work at six 30. I'm done at four and then I start podcasting from five okay. all the way through <laughs> my last, my last appointments got to be at eight Wow. because you know, sometimes I'm married as well. I yeah. don't have children yet. So I think that's positive, but my husband doesn't come home till like, depending like today he's early and I'm like, Oh, you're early. Sorry. We're not spending time <laughs> together, but you know what I mean? So I'm yep. blessed that sometimes he comes home at eight and I'm like, okay, cool. I've done everything. I shut everything down. And then we, we have dinner together. And right. then all of a sudden I, I, I have to keep working because it's mm -hmm. like the weekends. Holy crap. It just goes yeah. by so fast. Like I remember this past Sunday, I had four back-to-back -back interviews. I gave wow. myself one one hour break because I was getting exhausted. And I also <laughs> like a 10 minute nap. because so I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to get through my next two interviews later on. Right. So I, I, I know I'm overscheduling myself because I feel bad. Everyone waiting on the queue, the queue. <laughs> so I'm trying to put in as much as possible, but I'm, sure. you know what? It's, it's the passion and love that we both have. Mm -hmm. for us to make the accommodations and still make time for yourself and make time for family and yep. everything else. Cause you know, I still got to do laundry. I still got to do my daily stuff and you know, I still got to prep for dinner and it's just, yeah. an, I feel like I, I don't stop. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't absolutely. It's just busy, busy all the time. And you know, I think even, 
you know, I, I laugh because the first year of marriage that my wife and I were married, I worked at Starbucks still, and I, I was actually switched to an early shift. So I would be at work at 4 a.m. And so she would get off work at 6 and then come home. And by 7 o'clock, I was asleep snoring. And she'd be like, this is what marriage is like? You know, I'm snoring at 7 o'clock at night on the weekend. You know? uh, but, yeah, it's just it, – it's, it's hard to make the schedules work, but once you're passionate, once you find your passion, which, yeah. you know, my passion is podcasting and it sounds like that's yours as well. And it, I just try to make it work whatever I can, you know, and I'm not mm -hmm. monetizing it as much as I would like right now, but hopefully Same. sometime I'll get that Joe Rogan salary podcast, you know, 30 million a year on podcast. And I'll take that. Holy, I know. And I think we're all striving for the same goal. If you think about right. it, totally. it's like you love it. And this for me, it's like part-time and I'm trying to like here in Canada, it's, it's a lot harder to get sponsorships, believe it or not. Right. And it's, sure. it's a lot more difficult, but it, it's like, it's that passion. It's that drive. Because even my mom's asked me, she's like, you don't have time anymore. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I haven't seen you in like a couple of weeks. Cause before I even got so busy, I used to see them every Saturday and used to make okay. my Saturdays like do nothing day and stay away yeah. from a computer. Cause I'm on a computer for my full-time job. Right. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm so busy, mom. I'm sorry. And she's like, how does this thing work? Like, do you get paid? I'm like, no, it's right now. It's because of the love of it that I have and meeting amazing people and creating that network and yeah. helping each other out and help each other grow. Cause that's just me. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not here trying to get like a, you know, a, a Teresa, mother Teresa, you know, award or something. I'm just here because sure. I, I love it. And that's the person yeah. who I am. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I feel like a lot of people don't know that what we have to go through in order to make that content and for them to enjoy the guests on the show and stuff like that. And it does take a lot of work and it's not for a lot of people, but for those who are considering it, Hey, just do it. Yep. Absolutely. And that's my, my biggest uh, push on people is if you want to do something, just make it happen and do whatever it takes to, to do it and, and find your passion. Just keep going. Yeah. You know, um, I think one person that really kind of lit up my idea of starting my second podcast was Ed Milet. I love just how passionate he is and, and about motivating people. And I caught wind of him uh, a couple years back and sort of listened to all his shows. And that's what inspired me to start the Bearded Biz Show. And so it's been a, a fun transition to be able to do that as well, too. Yeah. And tell me about your second podcast, which is the bearded biz show. What's, yeah. what gave you that name? Well, I might have a little bit of a beard going on, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I do have a big beard. Uh, so people say, and so I, I was trying to think like, how can I make my show different? And that was one thing that uh, kind of a theme that we have is we wanted to kind of stick out a little bit. There's a lot of beard people out there and a lot of people have mistaken my show for other Instagram files, which is kind of funny, but, um, you know, when I started the show, I said, I love business. I love connecting with people. I love hearing people's stories. And I wanted to spin off of my MMA show. So like where Topper MMA is just focused on MMA, I wanted to be able to have no limits to who I talk to. And so Bearded Biz is all about talking to entrepreneurs, world changers, and success-minded people. And so it really doesn't limit me to talking to anybody or anyone specific where I've talked with anyone from a 14-year-old kid in England on a farm making 30 grand a year on eBay what? to Ed Milet himself, making, you know, who's worth $450 million, which was a life-changing call for me. Uh, and so I, I really just talked to some amazing people on my show. God's just really opened the door for me. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> 
how do you manage both of them? I know you wake up so early. How do you, do you split your time or is it just you dedicate, let's say, for example, Monday, Tuesday, I'm going to do the top rated uh, MMA show or should I do the bearded biz show? Like, do you split it or you just do a little bit each day? So I do a little bit each day. I try to get done with my bearded biz show for the upcoming release week of uh, that week by Wednesday, because I release them on Fridays. And so if I can get that done by Wednesday, that gives me about two days to edit top rated MMA. If it only takes me a couple of days, you know, Monday, Tuesday to edit the bearded biz show, then I can get a little bit of a head start on the top rated MMA show. But yeah, I, I typically try to put some shows in the queue where I, when I record a show, it's typically two, three weeks out if I can. Sometimes it's a one week turnaround time, but uh, yeah, so I try to make sure that the first start of the week is really just working on Beard of Biz editing, making sure that's all lined up. And then as soon as that's done, I throw that in the queue and then I start working on top rated MMA. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you for splitting that. Cause I'm just like, I hear people who have two, three and I'm just like, and then they co-host a different one. And I'm like thinking... <laughs> Yeah. How do you do it? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do it for sure. It's uh, the, the two shows is maxed out. And then I started this thing with top rating May in 2019. I've continued it in 2020, but I'd actually give a fighter shout out of the day every single day where I literally have built up this library of 500 plus fighters and I randomly select them on Sunday mornings. That's I get up early. I don't set an alarm on Sunday, but I'm usually up by five, five thirty. And so I work on my list and I pull, all of my fighters and I give a random shout out to a different fighter every single day of the year. And they could be based anywhere in the world. As long as they fought in the last year, if I come across them, if they're following Instagram or something like that, I throw them in my, my library and I do a random name poller every single Sunday and I schedule those to go out for the entire week. And so um, that's really helped my, my company grow as well. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Where can all my listeners find you? We're on Instagram, Top Rated MMA. We're on Facebook as Top Rated Mixed Martial Arts, but typically it'll pull up if you type in Top Rated MMA. Also, Bearded Biz is on Instagram. It's just bearded.biz. And then on Facebook, it's Bearded Biz. Uh, also the same on Twitter. Uh, it's just my personal on Twitter is Eric G. It's E-R-I-K-G Allen. And then Top Rated MMA. And on YouTube as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Eric, and it's been fun. And also, thank you for sharing that story from the beginning. I really appreciate that. It's not easy. And look at the success that you've been getting. Holy, see, look, hard work pays off. Absolutely, it, yeah. Absolutely. It really does. Yeah. And to all my listeners, don't forget to check out Top Rated MMA and The Bearded Biz Show. Everything is going to be in the show notes. Once again, Eric, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is a, such an honor. It was a great conversation. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, anytime you can come back if you got something to promote or an event Sweet. that's happening or if you're going to be somewhere, um, you know, maybe selling t-shirts again. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I welcome you back for sure. Thank you. To all the listeners out there, everything is going to be in the show notes for you. Once again, check out Top Rated MMA and The Bearded Biz Show. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And that's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of The Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pin from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken. 
aka Mr. Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And, and you're you listening, are to you listening to, to a, a little, little bit of everything, everything with, with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Just don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on the podcast platform that you're listening to.